0: Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Benoit, the co-founder at PayFlow. Benoit, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Awesome, and uh, we are really excited to host you on the show. It's it's a very interesting uh, venture, and you've been involved in in a lot of them so far. So let us know a little bit more about you and and, and Payflow. Sure thing.
1: So uh, so I'm Benoit. I'm uh, I'm Brazilian French. So uh, I have a background of engineer. So I always loved the numbers. Always uh, always been been looking at it, and then and then after uh, quickly moved to consulting and afterwards realized that, uh, that I really wanted to do uh, more than giving recommendations to others and I really wanted to, to build my adventure. venture. Uh, awesome. and this brings us to, uh, to Payflow. Awesome, and, uh, and Payflow? Yeah, sure. So, so Payflow is a mobile app that allows employees to get paid whenever they want. Right? And mm-hmm. we sell this as an employee benefit to companies. Right? So there are a couple of elements here um one is that it's it's a service for employees right so it's oh, yeah. uh, it's it's really the employee that is that is using it but mm-hmm. it's the company that is buying it right so like it's okay. like, take like a like a like a simple example like if you've worked three days in a given month then you can take your app and get those three days instantly in a private and secured way through through an app right um mm-hmm. and th- this is something that has became basically a category, right? So a couple of years ago, it didn't have a name, right now it has. So in the US, it's called ODP, On Demand Pay. In Europe, we, we know it more as, as EWA, Earned Wage Access. So so super happy to be building the, the, the best funded uh, startup of the category in the in the EU. Uh, so present in, in Spain and, and the, the, so- the Southern Europe and Latin America. Got it.
0: And of course, you you have raised uh, a nine point one uh, million uh, A round, um, and in terms of counts, so just to understand a little bit of the stage of growth, some metrics that you could share about yeah, where we are. so so
1: so we we have about fifty people. Uh, that's quite a scary number, knowing that a couple of months ago we were were barely uh, twenty or thirty. So we're we're really growing awesome. fast, uh, mm-hmm. and we're really like I think. Thanks to the, the recent round, we really entered the, the hyper growth phase where all the metrics are, are through the roof. So like it's, it's double digit or, or triple digit growth across across the board. Right.
0: And of course there is here's something really interesting um, related to why you started Payflow. Uh, so, and maybe I will not anticipate. So uh, can you share a little bit more about the why? yeah definitely i'm i'm happy to, to
1: to share a little bit about the the ideation process which is i think something that we at, at least we that work in non non venture uh, always think about right like how can i get to an idea like it's it's uh, i don't have any idea can i be an entrepreneur if i don't have ideas like exactly. so, so all those all those questions right so for for my co-founder and myself it was uh, it was a bit different because i think that most of the ventures will be built wherever entrepreneurs have a either connection or market knowledge or simply feel proximity with a certain market or a certain product. For us, it was built like consultants, right? So it was built like, hey, we're gonna look at different ideas uh, and we're gonna look where it makes sense to do them. And and if it does, and if it ticks all the boxes, then then we'll scale it. Right. And I think that from the specific for the specific idea of of salary in advance, it's something that has about 10 years old. Right. So like when we were Mm -hmm. my co-founder and myself studying in the US, so we we met at MIT where we were in the same fraternity. Um, We actually we actually got shocked by the fact that in other countries, we were both from 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 Europe in a way people uh, are paid at different uh, frequency, right? So like some people get paid twice a month, some people get paid once a week, right? So like, but the majority doesn't get paid once a month. And then it it made us think, okay, why is so, why do we get paid once a month? And then we started to investigate. And like hundreds of years ago, you were going back from from working wherever you were working. And if you were bringing a bag of corn, then you were getting paid for this bag of corn, right? So you were paid per, thing that you do right per work task. Per, yeah. Per yeah. You're doing, per task exactly right and then and then there was kind of like back where companies put a pay cycle right and right now in the last i would say four or five years it, we're going back to that right not only was it with earned, earned wage access right but thinking about it the gig economy is exactly that right if you're if you're an uber driver whenever you finish driving a passenger then you get paid okay. right if you're, if you're delivering food or if you're working at, at Gorillas or at Glovo or any of those companies, right? Every time you bring something, you get paid, right? So there is a, there is a, there is a run towards uh, more, everything should be more immediate. Everything should be more flexible. And at the same time, the, the category of EWA exploded, right? So eight years ago, it existed. You had a couple of companies in the US that we identified and we really love the model and actually everything got accelerated by the gig economy and by, and by the, whole, the whole pandemic that really reshuffled the
0: deck. That is uh, really amazing. And, and to see uh, how we think in different ways, in different uh, geographies and different companies and how the world is becoming uh, more um, close to, to each other and we are following the same kind of standards and these kind of categories are exploding. Um, it's also interesting that uh, one of your focus areas in terms of geographical expansion or uh, even focus in terms of region is, is Latin. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. it, it's, this is an interesting point because we,
1: we actually chose Spain. One of the reasons we chose Spain, uh, apart from the market size, the market growth, the competitive landscape that was already uh, very active, we really wanted to find a market where where there is a market. We didn't want to invent a problem and then provide a solution. We really wanted to get somewhere where the problem was clear for everyone, right? But a very important point was that if we start in Spain then we have one foot that allows us to to basically expand to Latin America, if we see a better fit, and another one that tells us, hey, you can expand to Europe if you see a a better fit, right? So for us, this was kind of clear from day one. Uh, and, And when we tested Latin America, uh, about six, seven months ago, the the numbers were amazing, right? So we we always really want to kind of like listen to the market. So I think it's never it it's always like a test and and looking at the numbers. And it, if the market tells us that it there is a fit, then then we will go there, right? And and the numbers in Latin America were were fantastic. Uh, the, it, we, we've seen an adoption that was through the roof, much higher than in our core market, despite the fact that the market was less mature for this specific category. So, okay, like we, we were like, then then in that case, we need to raise a bigger round and invest the majority of this round in Latin America, because this is where we see the potential for growth. Right? And it, I, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, one is that the pay cycle is more frequent, right? So if you're if you're getting paid more often, you're also spending more often. So that's one of the reasons why, why it makes sense to... Uh, right to 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 use a serviceless earned wage access. That's why in the US it's really booming, uh, while in Europe it's it's a bit slower compared to, to other geographies. Uh, the second thing is I think the the way consumption is made, right? The the relationship with, with money overall, right? Like I think it's it's uh, it's good to spend in latin right? It's it's not right. badly seen. Uh well in Europe sometimes th- there is more reluctance to 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 overall spending overall consuming right. Uh, and, and and that's why basically time also makes it makes it very uh, very very attractive. And I think the last thing is also from a, a customer readiness to to try new things. Right. So it's it's complete new service. Right? You're you're changing the way people get paid. It's a big change. Right. You put that. You put this in a company. It, it can be scary right it's like oh wow, but like right. will people use it will people will people like it? What, do I want to be the first guy doing that right so there is really right. like a, a reluctance to change sometime which which you really have to to a much lesser extent in in Latin America right Latin America is okay well if it's free for the first two months you know I will try it if people don't like it then I will remove it right but there is this energy nice. to, to try new things over a while which is really what we love because when you're trying to disrupt the market you want to go wherever people are, are 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 open to to it, right? And I think this is also one of the reasons why the fit is so good. Because once you're putting it, without knowing if it's going to be good or bad, or people will 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 like it, use it, or if it's going to completely useless, then the the product has such a fit that there is no way back. If you're getting paid on demand, you will never want to get paid. Once a month, or twice a month, or 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 once per right. week. There is no way back whatsoever. Right, which is why, like, this service is is spectacular in 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 Latin America, but also in Southeast Asia, in Africa. We have like a lot of a lot of friends doing that in those geographies where adoption is
0: is really high. It's super super interesting. I know that to have been involved uh, in a previous venture in, in another region that was booming and that it's still booming a lot in Southeast Asia. Um, so what, what has been some of the difference that you are seeing in terms of the Southeast Asia market and the Latin market? So I think it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more similar than what we
1: would think at first. I think that, uh, it's, uh, it, I think it's okay. So there, there, there are. are some there are some things so a lot of countries in in southeast asia really have like completely leapfrogged a lot of uh, a lot of dimensions right like so payment like there is no and and a lot of those are coming to latin america like with maybe like six months one year two years a bit late so it's actually very interesting because sometimes what you're seeing in southeast asia is just is just a snapshot of the future right like so so (laughs) while while in other dimension in other in, in, in other industries actually the other way around right latam comes first and then latin america kind of like uh, and then after southeast asia actually okay. it, it comes right. after but, but it's it's very interesting because having a look at both you can really i mean if it makes sense in one in ge- one geography it's very likely that it will make sense in another one i think southeast asia has more complexity because you have like uh, you have like chinese china influence uh, also you have like yes. how like southeast asia if you exclude uh i mean you you have to exclude obviously india india china which have completely different dynamics okay. by themselves right but uh, but there are huge markets right like there are markets that is i mean like uh, think think about the Philippines, think about Indonesia, right? Indonesia has almost more people living than in the United States, right? Like most people don't even know this country. It's the fourth biggest country in the world, right? After India, yeah. India China, and the US, right? Like the capital has more people living than twice more people living than Portugal, right? Like it's, it's it's really it's really a scale that is completely different. And I think like mega cities are even more popular in 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 Asia, right? So like Asia. it's um, yeah. It's it's, uh, you, you can build a business only being in one city there because it's the side of a country, right? Like in, in most of the European or even in, in, in the U S right. Exactly. It's to a lesser extent in, in Latin America.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jakarta is, uh,
1: yeah, exactly. World, so. right, exactly. <laughs> Jakarta Manila, like most of like, they are, they're really, really huge markets. It's, uh, it's, I mean, Vietnam alone is a hundred million people. Like it's, it's really huge. It's, it's okay. bigger than France bigger than the big in Germany, bigger than the UK. Like it's really huge market. So we like the, 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 the spending, like the behaviors are different. Like you see, you're, you're from, a, from a size perspective, you need to take that into account, but there is, the adoption is, is much higher. You see, like if you would go to, to Europe or the US for a lot of services that you get uh, from anything from finance to logistics. And if you look at how it's been done in Southeast Asia, you realize that, wow, like we're actually quite late. We have a lot to learn, right? It's actually very interesting like uh, at um i think like 10 years or yeah like 10 years ago like uh, you had a uh, venture builders like that were copying things that worked in europe and us exactly. and putting them in asia and actually right yeah. now it's the other way around like you're actually looking to what's being done in china and you're like
0: okay i think we should do that in europe now or like you see it's it's Absolutely. it just it just just went so fast and as you said the the region is, is very open to adopt new uh, tech solutions and loves to experiment new solutions, etc. So uh, definitely yeah, the culture also helps with that. Yeah, the culture the culture helps.
1: Um, I think it's the the an, an important point is that it's although it's a it's a region like the the differences per countries are, are really huge. Yeah. So like yeah. the, most of the players that that won in in the region is because they 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 were really really uh, hyper-local, right? Like, so they were, they had different teams, they had different uh, value proposition per country, and they treated country very differently. They were not putting, like, if it's a Singaporean company, they were not putting a Singaporean a country manager in all of the countries in, in Southeast Asia. No, they were putting right. someone from the country in the country where they're opening, and they were giving significant freedom, right? And you had, like, very different uh, approaches uh, depending on where you go. And if you, if you think about it from, like uh, so, so food delivery, right? And after like super apps, yeah. the the whole the whole Gojek and and Grab right now. So Gojek now yeah. it's part of the Tokopedia uh, group, and and right now Grab a high IPO, right? But when I was living in Asia, like it was yeah. much earlier than that. And you would see that both had very different approaches, right? Like uh, one was like, okay, I want to focus on one market, which is Indonesia. The one was like, okay, I want to focus on many countries. But the the hyper local was a key factor in in winning, right? Like for for, yeah. for the-
0: And I I would say that uh, this is also critical for uh, Latin America because Brazil uh, and Mexico, for instance,
1: yeah, 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 completely
0: completely and it's true That's that we happen we say we say okay like yeah we
1: go to Latam right but like the difference of doing business in Argentina Brazil Colombia Mexico yeah. or Venezuela have, have is just just completely different like you cannot you cannot generalize most of the of the things right so like you, you yes you have the same language for majority of the countries except Brazil uh, but but apart from that you really have to treat them um, as if you as if you were entering different markets, as if you didn't know, right? If you think you know, then you will make yeah. a mistake.
0: Okay, and uh, in terms of language, it helps a bit uh, compared to Southeast Asia, where, for instance, uh, Vietnam and Thailand will need to adapt a lot uh, yeah. to the local languages. Um, True, but, any... but but it's.
1: I, I think it's 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 still it's still minor. Uh, the the differences in in or it's more cultural differences, like how people do things like you see, like, how do people pay? How do people okay. I don't know, uh, get from A to B? How do people like th- these are more, more, more than, than language, more, more than language, like th- the language will, will drive some cultural uh, things that you need to you need to keep in mind. But it's I would say it's, it's not the it's not the major, the major point, right? Like it's, uh, yeah.
0: I like it. And uh, there is something interesting that um, you shared with me and that we've been discussing a lot in, in, the, in the VC industry about that we don't achieve product market fits at the global level. I think that's wrapping right. our conversation about Southeast Asia and LATAM. This is really, really clear. I think there's a mistake that we do a lot of times when we got into a scale-up mode, we forget that some of the regions might be in scale-up mode, but there are other regions that are in startup mode and we need to apply uh, different methodologies and different rules and even different personalities of the teams that are leading uh, those regions.
1: Yeah, uh, co- completely. I think, and this is something that uh, there's actually a big learning that we got uh, from uh, from a couple of, uh, of YC companies. So we were we had uh, we had the opportunity to 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 be in Y Combinator for in the, during the last summer, and we learned a lot. And I think YC is obsessed with product market fit, and in a good way. I think it's really refreshing to see that. I mean, you take a YC mug, and it's written "Make something people want." Right? This is the main thing about. <laughs> Like there is, there is no other thing. Like it's not about, not about money, not about like, it's really about if you do find product market fit, then everything else will follow. Right. And I think that product market fit at a global scale is very difficult to achieve. And I I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible. I think you always have to make changes and to adapt your product and for us and for us we're seeing it every day right like for instance some some services we want to launch in 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 Colombia we're not even going to think about launching them in Spain because actually when we do focus groups and when we talk to the users like in Spain they, there is 0% of people that want it or like 5% right and in Latin there is 95% so it's that different right so you need to okay. you need to 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 have your product roadmap and you need to have the way your your what you're building that is really adapted, and actually you can't you can't just have that centralized in your in your country, where yeah in your in your headquarters and and think that you can you can achieve that product market fit. You really have to localize this.
0: And then it it comes really the how to define those priorities, right? So we can't be developing customized products for uh, each of the countries at the same time. So we might need to pick some of the regions um, to accelerate. Right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I think you see like uh, what what you have to do is once you're once you're defining like w- why you want to build that is that because you want to grow MRR is that because you want to grow exactly. customer base is that because you want to grow like overall adoption retention uh, is that because you see you want to build something that's that is that becomes more attractive for potential partners uh, in the industry so you have plenty of reasons uh, you put that in in the balance and then you decide right but you should you should crystallize. Why you're doing one thing or another. So you should crystallize the reason for yeah. for for making something a priority, and then it goes at local level,
0: right? Absolutely. But the
1: output output is global. I mean, you see if it increases MRR by two percent, then then it increases MRR by two percent, right? If something increases MRR by three percent, and it's another feature in another country, then you will choose this one, right? If MRR exactly. is your is your main is
0: your main KPI to see the impact. And it's refreshing to see that uh, nowadays, we are really having in consideration all the impacts of the different revenue seats. So products, customer success, marketing and sales, and not all these sales as in the traditional uh, well, way. Right, correct, correct. And I think, and there are a lot of like, also
1: non-financial goals that you can have, right? Like you're, you're, you also can yeah. put, I know like how much impact that is actually bringing, like how like how much how many people you're helping, how many jobs you're being you're creating, like all, all of those all of those goals that are not financial, right? Like and, not and they come not because, just revenue. correct, correct. Not only revenue, right? Like you have a mission and if your mission is to is to basically help people feel like more 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 financial freedom, if you want to bring financial well-being, then that, that can be a goal. You quantify it, but that's not only monetary. That's really in terms of impact.
0: Something also interesting, and you, you, you talked about that, so giving teams flexibility and autonomy to, to define different strategies for, for each country and not kind of monopolize everything and decide everything from the, the headquarters perspective, because they are a little bit um, not so close to the market. They don't understand what is going on. So this accelerates the need of going into a kind of a matrix organization instead of a functional organization. So I've seen a lot of companies going from A to B, uh, not understanding that they would need to move from a functional organization into a matrix organization. Um, in order, even even if they are in the US, uh, they might want to divide uh, the focus in different regions um, or in different. Kind of business units um, and of course as we were discussing before it's different if a business unit is just starting up and we will need that business unit a little bit later when we are going from five to ten in, in that business unit and the overall from 10 to 20 or, or 20 to 50 million we need to start planting it now and of course again the person that is leading that business unit needs to have a different mindset from one which is around already 10 million and needs to go into 20 uh, million so any tips on how to build this team on a matrix on a, a matrix organization? That usually it's a little bit painful from the ones who are used to lead functional organizations.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. And I, I think you see, like, so so obviously on on Payflow we, we have a scale that is much lower. But I did a lot of org projects for for multinational companies while in consulting, right? So I I mean I've looked at this question a lot. Um, so. There are a few things to consider. One is like if you're if you already have a certain org structure, it's extremely difficult to change, uh, and you need to you need to think about like like a proper rollout about the new structure. So at the you will have a transition phase that will be very messy. Um, yes. But overall, th- this is a very different uh, th- this is a very different question. I think like the question is when you're when you're a scale up when you're when you're starting operations, how to start them right i i think the main thing is that you shouldn't uh you you so you shouldn't you there is like a very thin line between having uh, having too much process and too too many uh too much complexity and and, and exactly. not being able to go fast and actually just trying things out uh it's uh f- for us we at the very beginning when we open a country we like to give the country a lot of autonomy right so like mm-hmm. uh, they, they can leverage uh, whatever is being done in the in 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 another country, but it's it's really a lot of freedom, right? And maybe the departments will even be different in another country, right? So so in that sense, it doesn't even like the, this framework doesn't even work, right? Because maybe you have you don't have ops in a country or or ops is, is slightly different. But okay. they are taking yeah. other things. Right? Makes sense. So I think it's so you always need to think in terms of size. Obviously like if if the countries you're starting actually becomes almost as big of a business as 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 the original country then you you probably need to standardize more right but overall for me i don't really see an issue in having very different structures in different countries um mm-hmm. because it it will allow you to again it did, so this the main question you need to ask is like how much synergies you have among countries, right? So do you have sales synergies, right? So are your clients in Spain going to be present in in Colombia, in Mexico, in exactly. Brazil? That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. you have product synergies like like are you and, and if if most of the answers is not really, then the then 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 it's very clear then you should have you should have countries almost as standalone and as a hundred percent own, but almost as a different company right like you have right. and you, you need to you need to, to look at your organization after having launched after having input from the customers from the from the teams on the ground uh make a list of everything all the functions all the departments and think what, what actually makes sense to to have standardized and to have under the same umbrella and what doesn't, right? And probably the answer is something hybrid, right? That okay, I don't know. Debt makes sense to be centralized because you have huge economies of scale if you borrow more. A sales doesn't make sense to be standardized. Like you will have like a very different, very local right. way of selling. Partnerships, very different. You don't have partnerships at regional or not really that many. Like, so, so you really need to think nice. from that perspective. You would, you would probably, on paper, you might lose uh, of economies of scale because you're thinking that you're a higher developer in a country and in another one. But in reality, you're not really because you're still leveraging the knowledge. Everything that makes sense to have standardized, you already have it standardized. And as long as you're good at knowledge transfer from, from a play, from a country to another one, you will move faster and you will have a better output than if you go fully for one uh, structure or, or, or
0: the other. Exactly kind of having a squad uh, mindset on on that right. approach exactly right. exactly in, instead of uh, maybe it helps for the one who are not very used with the functional and uh, matrix organizations really thinking about the squad that needs to keep adapting to the stage of growth uh, of the company in that uh, local country right great right. and any insights on if the the country manager or the MDs should sit at the leadership team layer with with some of the functions. Or um, would you prefer um, to have someone as the head of expansion? Uh, of uh, course, I know that you are still building that and recruiting a yeah. lot of people now. But uh, are you ready have some well, ideas?
1: It's it's a it's a very good question. We're we're thinking about it actually. We're not we're not sold on 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 the answer. I think it depends on the on the profiles. Uh, Each profile has different ambition, you also need to take that into account, Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to stop people from growing if they if they can and if they prove that they can grow, I think they should grow. Um, I would say, I would say, generally speaking, um, it can become very messy if every single country manager sits, uh, sits exactly. in the because, <laughs> because you will just have too much. But I think that at least when you start, it's okay. As long as you manage well expectation to be like, okay, like we just have one, two, three more countries, but as soon as we have 10, then we're going to have to kind of have someone to centralize it. And that might be you if you do A, B and C, but this is more, this is going to be what will happen in like two or three years from now. So early, so, so in the short term, you have all the benefits from having the, the, the knowledge and all the knowledge from the new countries to be to be basically transferred to the whole organization, which is really great because a lot of things are applicable. And you also kind of like don't don't completely shut the door to to having a structure that is more that is more efficient uh, further down the line. Whenever you grow, it, it should be it should be clear, right? Like you cannot. You cannot like promise, you cannot have a, it's very difficult to change a structure for the worse for people that are yeah. in the structure. So uh, exactly. you, need, you need to manage that very well. This is part of the, great point. the or, or, organizational debt, right? Like it's uh, if you if you do things and uh, you think it's okay, then you keep, you keep paying those interest. And then yeah. after when you wanna, when you wanna change it, it's very painful.
0: Right. That's why I like to say that scaling up is kind of uh, science and art, there are principles and patterns that always serve as well but uh, there are certain specificities that it's it's a little bit of art to understand what to do in specific stages of growth and every single company, every single team every single person is different so we need to be able to understand what to do and of course to to make the wrong decision and then correct it as, as quickly as possible <laughs> yeah. and
1: that, and that's correct right and I think it's uh, it, it's really driven by by like fundamentally like you see if you have a product, uh, that is going to be the same everywhere in the world, because simply okay. like, or, or very, very slight differences, um, mm-hmm. and in the countries, you're only going to have people selling, for instance, the answer is very different because in that case, you only have one department per country and it's, exactly. uh, and everything, I mean, and it makes more sense to be centralized. If there is
0: uh, most marketing sales and CS in
1: exactly, 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 exactly. Right. Well, if you have a product that has to be very local. From a text and from a text this is where it kind of of changes it, right?
0: Yeah. And at the same time, um, we might have more complexity involving product, but at the same time, we might have a mode. And as you said, to have more um, ad- adaptation, more hyper-localization to the needs of each each segment and each country that might serve us a little bit later as a mode for for people to enter the market. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and the good thing there is also having the approach, as you were saying, of kind of treating the the country manager or the MD kind of as a venture of the portfolio, that they would have almost a board meeting every single quarter to talk with the leadership team at the global level about what is going on and make decisions. And and kind of giving uh, that team a lot of autonomy, as you were saying, they are kind of reporting on a monthly or quarterly uh, basis. And of course, with the intent of uh, trying to help those countries to uh, develop and not just to to see what is going on and to control what they are doing. Uh, other way, it might be also to have some geos in the leadership team that might be core. Uh, it might be in the short term in terms of uh, scaling up or in the midterm in terms of starting up uh, markets that are really, really critical. Let's think about that we are already very well advanced in in Mexico and we are scaling up Mexico. It might make sense for that team or for that MD to sit down at the leadership team table and maybe we are just starting at Brazil. But it's so complex that it might sense also to have a, a weekly update on what is going on 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 that market.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think it's it's you should treat you should treat that as as entrepreneurship uh, almost and like I think exactly in, love like, it your yeah company with. With with your company, right? Like, imagine you would be investing, or if you would be buying a company in a local country, you're not going to. I mean, you you would want to be very close, and you would want to you would want to have that type of, of structure. So
0: that's the way I think you should be treating expansion. Absolutely, I love it. That's that's a great point. And uh, and of course, what's next for for Payflow? Uh, what means success uh, in yeah. the in the next chapter until you you raise uh, the B round.
1: For us, for us, there are, there are a couple of, of things that we want to achieve. So the the first one is obviously commercial. We wanna we wanna we wanna show traction. We wanna show like a growth of the user base. We wanna we wanna show that hundreds of thousands of employees can can be using the tool. We would love we'd love to get closer to to a million users on our platform. Right, like that would be that would be a major milestone. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that we want to we want to also prove is that we can uh we we can scale the product internationally because most people have not succeeded and and i don't think we can consider ourselves successful yet uh about 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 it like we still have like traction that is they're just starting is less than six months you see it's not nothing is done yet we want to we really want to achieve we really want to dominate the market where we're we're going um and i think that it's not it's not a matter of, of entering 10 countries uh, in in two years. It's more a matter of like two, three, maybe four countries really exactly. becoming very strong there and really understanding the countries. Because this we, we, we want to prove that that we can do it. Because if we if we do that, then after it's just a matter of having having more money and replicating that, right? But we really exactly. want to understand. like a proper expansion playbook that 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 exactly tells us like okay what do we need to do what are the things we need to be careful about because if we go too fast and start in 15 countries we will never have time to learn so i think we need to give ourselves the the time to to really understand how to how to crack it because no one has so it means it's complicated um Mm -hmm. and i think the last thing is uh is in terms of product so we're we're in a market that is that is extremely competitive as we mentioned earlier right like 130 Three, I think, or two uh, competitors in the world. Uh, it's it's changing every day. Uh, it's it's we, we want to understand the market where people are are what where is this market going, and we want to have uh, features and we have we want to have a product that overall makes sense in that context, right? So like uh, meaning that we really want to listen to the customers, uh, we really want to listen to our our users and also our our clients. Um, but we also want to listen to the market, like where, where is EWA, where is salary in advance going? Like you see it's, it's, uh, and this is, this is an important point of the product roadmap. Like it's, uh, we haven't, we really, we really haven't cracked it. Like the, what do you do next? Salary in advance is a great foot in the door, but what do you do next? Right. So it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a great foot in the door that, that has great economics. But that doesn't build a billion-dollar business, right? So, like, it's uh, you, you have a, you have a couple of uh, you have a couple of scenarios, and we want to test uh, a few and to be able to have a better answer to to that question by the time we we go and, and raise a larger round, because this is how we will unlock like the, the full potential of this of this great uh, yeah of this great foot in the door, basically, right?
0: So there is still a business model puzzle to to solve. In there there is, really,
1: yes, I think I mean. The, the, the business model of the of the core is pretty clear, uh, but I think I think it's more in terms of like, what do you launch that is even more successful? That is even that that really that really uses what you have to to, to build a billion dollar business. Right. So I think this is this is the main this is the main question. Right. And really, and I think the, the last thing that we want to do by series B. Is to understand the the understand really well the the competitive dynamics and like who is doing what where, right? Like so so like we've already mapped most of the competitors. We've talked to probably fifty or sixty of them, so almost half of the of, of sure. what. So so we really want to understand that, and the reason for it is because we really think that um, in the midterm this is this is an MA market, and we really want to be the ones who consolidated and who built a global salary in advance uh, venture. So we really want to have that uh we really want to clear that uh, that 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 question mark right so we really want to understand like who is growing? How? Like, what is the funding? Uh, by by waves of funding, right? Like, uh, like who has passed already the the seed? Uh, who uh, has already the Series A? Like, who is doing well? Who's not doing so well? What type of geographies? What type? So all of that because because the next round will be will be partly an M&A round, uh, and and will be a round to for for us to to start consolidating this uh, this
0: market. This is interesting. Also, using MA as a more common tool in VC and early on to to accelerate expansion, right? Because as you said, the the the, the countries and the cultures are so different um, in yeah. in the regions that, uh, of course, if we need to prove product market fit, build a brand locally, uh, expand, etc., it will take us uh, at least. Three to five years, uh, in instead of buying a, a player that already has done that, uh, and, and start scaling,
1: no, completely. And I think you see, like, I mean, historically, that there was a bit of a, of a taboo of, of MA at at early stage. I mean, earlier, I mean, early is series B, C, you see, not 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 seed stage, obviously, but like, uh, yeah, when you start to already have figured out something about your business, like, usually, MA was was something that uh, unicorns were looking at but more importantly exactly. like established companies and 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 big well, industry it, right yeah exactly exactly or or even like mostly industrial groups right like i mean MA from unicorns started a couple of years ago right? you see like before there was there was no activity right what this is going down in the stage of development of the companies that people start to see that there is an opportunity right because it's it's um, it it looks it looks scary and it looks like yeah like we're too we're too we're too young to do this right while it can if it's well done unlock unlock tremendous potential right so so yeah we're, we're quite bullish on that again like definitely not a priority for for the next two years but uh will become something very important uh in two to two to four years from now
0: I would love to cover much more topics, uh, but we we are coming to to the end of the show, and uh, of course, I'd like to wrap up by asking you uh, one of our favorite questions, which is: if you would have the opportunity to have a coffee with yourself at the beginning of Playful, uh, what advice would you offer to your younger self?
1: Um, I think I think it's uh, that's already to some extent what we were what we were told. Uh, Um, but it's, it's to, it's to rush to, to launch and to rush to, to get users feedback as fast as possible, uh, and really, really like, don't be, don't be afraid of, of having a half-baked product, uh, when you're, when you're launching, because, because that's the way you will go faster, especially in a market where, where it's, it's an absolute race. So it's, it sounds, you see, it's, it's something that, uh, that we, we always don't do enough as, um, Maybe, maybe not, maybe tr- what I would say true entrepreneurs, so people that have been only entrepreneurs in their lives that have never worked for anyone, probably they have that in their blood right but like when you when you've right. been working in larger companies when you've been like yeah like working in consultancy we've been doing all of that like you don't like you see you don't like to 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 have a a slide with mistakes and you don't like to pro, to show a product with issues right but you should not do this fundamentally you should you should break that and be like okay i'll i'll, I'll just do it because i'm going to i'm going to launch two months earlier and and maybe what i'm what i'm about to launch is stupid and i need to change something right so this is difficult right. for whoever is not an uh, entrepreneur by 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 nature and who became an entrepreneur after having worked a couple of years. Uh, yes. And, and that, that would be really
0: the main point. So launching as, as soon as possible, as to, good, to, to get launch. us Rush to launch, yeah. To get feedback uh, as soon as possible and, yeah. and cross correct. big Benoit, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to have you on the show and, and good luck with, with the next steps. Thanks, Mike. And to you, we keep bringing you the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. See you soon and keep scaling.